This is episode 22 of Girls on Film. This week, Girls on Film podcast visits the Women in Production Summit held at Georgia Public Broadcasting Headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia, and welcomes Mo Ivory to the podcast. Professor and Director of the Entertainment, Sports, and Media Program at Georgia State University, Mo is at the helm of the university's rapidly growing media initiative program. A longtime attorney, Mo hosted her own talk show on WAOK and also worked at Atlanta's own V103 with host Ryan Cameron. Clarifying the current state of reproductive law in Georgia, Mo understands that the best offense is a well-educated one. Sarah Smith from Girls on Film, and I'm here with Teresa Roth, who is my uh, wonderful friend and another one of the girls on film. And, and we're it, also here with Port Wilson, oh yeah, who's our number one guy. He's he's our guys on film, <laughs> right? Or maybe you make you an honorary girl. Sure, he <laughs> says yeah. Okay, <laughs> he doesn't know what that entails. Um, and we are at the Women in Production Summit at Georgia Public Broadcasting in Atlanta, Georgia. And we have a very smart person here with us from Georgia State University, Ms. Doctor. Are you doctor? No. Okay? No. Okay, good. Because it was intimidating. Not that smart. Intimidating. (laughs) (laughs) Ms. Mo, that's her nickname. Love it. Mo Ivory, Professor of Law, Director of Entertainment, Sports, and Media Initiative at Georgia State University. Check them out, law.gsu.edu, Georgia State University. Great school. Yes. And I was complimenting uh, Ms. Ivory on her ensemble because she looks so good. Beautiful. Glasses, necklace, top, hair, the whole kit and caboodle. (laughs) Well, Well, not only is Mo beautiful, Mo is super smart. Yeah. Because she's only been at Georgia State for a year, and wait till you hear the stuff she's accomplished. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's... uh, Brag, we want to hear it. Oh, well, listen, I want to first say uh, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm a radio girl, first of all. I used to host um, the morning... Used to work on the morning show at V103, and then also in D.C. I've done a lot of stuff, so um, I really love radio first. And so the visualization you just gave everybody so they can know how glamorous we are here in the studio (laughs) is... Just awesome. So, hello, everybody, uh, in my radio voice. And yeah, Mo is my radio name, actually, where my real name is Marima. But you know, once I came to Georgia from New York and people started calling me Mo, it was pretty hard to go back to Moraima, which is how it's pronounced. I love that um, too. Yeah, so both Mo. Are, both are cool. Thank you. So, Mo has kind of stuck with me. So, yeah, I, um, I was an entertainment lawyer um, and then I got pulled onto radio. And back in the 90s, that was actually more lucrative than being a lawyer. Oh, so, boy. yeah, not anymore so much. Um, but uh, I had a great stint doing radio and TV work and then I found myself working uh, in Washington DC on the air of a station there and I got contacted by Howard University Law School who asked me to come and teach entertainment law so yeah I started doing that on the side I found my way have you ever heard of Howard University 
I mean, you know, it's just so this obscure. little small school uh, over there hello. in DC. Yeah, <laughs> just a little something, something, something. just uh, a call from yeah, Howard. Just know, a call yeah. from Howard. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so then I actually came back home after that radio gig ended, as so many do, and uh, thought, well, okay, I have this law degree, and I always, you know, uh, bring it up out of the dust when I need to work. And uh, I ran into the dean of Georgia State Law School, and we were actually having a very wonderful woman's conversation, right? That had nothing to do with jobs, or wow. and she just talked about how she had just become the dean of Georgia State Law School. Fantastic wow. woman, Wendy Hensel. And um, she said, well, what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm kind of um, going back and forth to D.C., finishing up my class at Howard uh, Law School teaching entertainment law. And she said, um, I want somebody to come to Georgia State and do that like you. And I said, we started talking. And she shared with me the desire for Georgia State Law School because of where it's located, the geography, right? Every stadium around us, Mercedes-Benz, State Farm Arena, Georgia State Stadium, you know, everything then CNN Center and just everything right there and there's literally a a film being filmed outside of Georgia State Law School or anywhere on Georgia State's campus almost every day right in my neighborhood yeah and in mine too I live in Grand Mm -hmm. Park so you know I I have like a five-minute commute to work in between all of the movies that are going on and she said you know I need somebody to, to bring that to the law school and bring that education to our students and embrace the other colleges on our campus the School of Music the CMII, which is the Creative Media Industries Institute, and really work collectively to bring this sort of offering to Georgia State for budding filmmakers, for people that want to do production and television, the music industry. And so we did it. And um, we just got past the Entertainment Sports and Media Law Certificate Program through the Georgia Board of Regents. And Congratulations. Now, thank you. And now our law students will, what essentially is like a minor, um, will minor in Entertainment Sports and Media Law, and they will take a certain number of classes in that curriculum, which many of them I will teach, and um, and others professors as well, um, and they will be able to come out into the the legal community already equipped with at least the ability to spot issues, to understand the lingo, to understand how they might be able to find uh, employment in this very niche area of the law. So it's very exciting. That's amazing. It That's is. amazing. The way that you work, you're so connected with all the different areas. Yeah, and you know, a lot of the community wanted to be so involved as well. And the first sort of kickoff event that we had for the initiative, um, I had, I reached out and I thought, you know, I'm just going to go for, um, you know, go for it all and see who will want to come to this. And so I called Rich McKay at the Falcons and was like, hey, you know, I really would love for you to represent sports. And he's the president of the Falcons. Right. And I was like, you know, come on over to Georgia State Law School and, you know, can, you know, you maybe find time for that on your schedule. And he was like, yes. And I go, okay. And then I called Tom Luce, executive producer of The Walking Dead and was like, hey, Tom, you know, you want to come and talk about TV? And he was like, okay. I was like, great. And then I called Ludacris and I was like, oh, hey, you want to come talk about music and, um, you know, see if you can. He was like, okay. So I, I, <laughs> I found myself with sort of the top people. I had Frank Ski from radio, who's yep. one of our biggest morning men. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And then I had um, Scott, um, I just forget Scott's last name, but from High Res Studios, um, who gaming is the gaming captain here in um, Georgia and nationally really and um, they all came and just willingly wanted to share their experiences with students which is amazing so you know I took it further and inside of my proposal for the certificate program I added some fun classes like I will be teaching coming in August um, a course called the legal life of ludicrous which will uh, study all of the agreements in his career freaking I love that we'll walk through his career through via the agreements that he signed along the way and you know that's just a way to make learning fun 
Yeah, and it also, it's an attention grabber. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're going to get the students students that, that aren't even enrolled are going to be in that class. Yeah. They're going to be you oh, know, yeah. glued it to the walls. Oh, yeah, it got filled up within five minutes. Right. And, you know, just... Right. But it's a wonderful... And other faculty will be like, oh, I just like to audit this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and they'll be coming <laughs> in. Right? That's, That's already happened. I tell the people in the admissions office, you cannot just sit in the back of my classroom for, yeah. you know, I just... No, I know, they don't this care. This is for the kids, you know. Yeah, but no, they all love it. It's just a wonderful it's thing. It's very fun. Yeah, it's How very fun. fun. Yeah. That's great. Love it. We need to come over there and... and and, and do audit. a podcast. Yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd love it. I'd love it. My we, students would love that. I, I'm, we should do that. We yeah. would love to do that. That would be really cool. So, Mo, um, you're here today for the uh, Women in Production Summit. Why is it so important to have a day like today? You know, it's just about the continue, um, the continuing education and opportunity to relationship build. You know, you you wouldn't have your show together if you didn't know each other and talk to each other and yep. really thought, like, how could we make this show really cool, right? And you knew you could do it. And so then you collaborated. And look, now you have these fancy microphones in here. And, you know, you have your dude uh, <laughs> hanging out and taking care of everything. My dude. And, yeah, My dude. yeah, you're yep. one guy. And so, I mean, that's how something comes together and, and becomes a reality. And yeah. I think so many people have dreams for what they want to do and things they want to produce and content that they want to put out there. And you come to an event like this and you start to see those dreams um, beginning to forge a path towards actually being able to do it. Yeah, you know, Teresa and I met on the um, board of the Emmy Awards for the Southeast. Mm -hmm. And that's how we met Port Wilson, too, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who is an Emmy winner. And and like you said, you know, some of the some of the greatest relationships that you can have start off in a professional environment like this. Totally. Yeah. They totally do. And, um, you know, just even people having exposure to the people who deal with the Emmys in the Southeast, you know, I mean, that's a huge thing, right? right? And most, yep. my, you know, I'm sure many of my students don't even know that there's a whole entity here in Georgia that deals with it's just true. the content in Georgia, right? Yep, so it's just, it's just having the conversation so people can be open, you know, to what's happening. Today, we specifically actually talked about the impact of HB 481 on the industry. Oh, boy. Mm, yeah, let's yeah. go there. Yeah. yeah. Let's go there, please. Um, you know, I really came just to give facts. Um, it the really, heartbeat bill yeah, in and Georgia, yeah. which is supposed to go into effect. And if, correct me if I'm wrong, please, into in January 2020. Yeah, it's supposed okay. to go into effect January 2020. It's actually called the uh, Living Infants Fairness and Equality Act. Thank you. Um, which is called LIFE. There's so many names it's been <sighs> given, um, but that's Hello. just because people don't have the facts about it. Um, and so they asked me today to come to just talk about the facts about it and yep. not necessarily where anybody falls in terms of their feelings or the opinion about it, but just to start off knowing the facts. And, um, you know, as soon as it, it went into the governor signed it in May. And so um, we just wanted to talk about the, re, you know, just what are the facts of it. And the facts are, are that it was signed in May and it's supposed to go into effect January 1st, 2020. And there are organizations right now working to file lawsuits over the summer, including the ACLU. And those uh, suits will probably have the law um, put on hold. Uh, so it probably will not happen in 2020. And then the, the Georgia, like many other states, are fighting to have their case 
heard before the Supreme Court. Right. If the Supreme Court will even hear a case, the Supreme Court does have the right to decide not to hear a case at all from any state, Alabama, Georgia, anywhere, and just keep the law as it is. If they say no, we don't want to hear this. Then Roe v. Wade stands. Gotcha. Planned Parenthood v. Casey. A lot of people think that Roe v. Wade is the overarching abortion law in our country, but there is another case uh, called Planned Parenthood v. Casey that can be challenged, which would strip women, you know, of uh, some of their rights as well. So there are two ways, two paths that you can go. You can try to overturn Roe. You could try to overturn Planned Parenthood v. Casey. So there's many things that the lawyers will try to do. Um, the crux of HB 481 is the creation of personhood at the time um, that this, you know, that uh, heartbeat exists. Right yep. now they're saying somewhere around six weeks. And so when you then say that a, um, you know, a fetus is now a full person, certain things begin to happen. So, um, for example, a, a woman who is pregnant and has a, um, their, their heartbeat now says that there is a person can actually file for child support at that moment. So just imagine how many pregnant women at six weeks, seven weeks, whatever the doctor determines is the time can now go and try to get child support from the father. Right. Um, I had never thought about that. This yeah. is so I'm so grateful that you're yeah. here and telling us these things. The state will um, the state will have a lot of challenges um, our prison system uh, if this passes because well it's passed if it gets enacted. Right. Um, because women who are pregnant in prison will now be considered to have a person that is being held without having ever uh, violated the law. So the fetus or the person will have not been given their due process under the law and the women will be arguing that they should be released. Right. So there's so many implications. Women will uh, be considered murderers if they do have an abortion in the state, which is uh, maximum life or the death penalty in Georgia. If you are a parent that takes their daughter to another state to have this done because you can't get it done in Georgia, you will be considered a co-conspirator, which carries a 15, 10 to 15 uh, maximum sentence. So if you go out of state, yes, you can you, still get in trouble? You will be a conspirator against the law, and the person who drove you there will be a co-conspirator. How would they find you? Well, I mean, that's that's the you know that's the whole part of okay. So that's the argument of breaking any law, right? Right. I'm going to rob this grocery store. How are they going to find me? Yeah. So you know, there's that. Um, there's you know, did you go through a toll? Did they see the receipt that you paid when you went to you know whatever state it was that you went to? Do the does the cell towers have you in such and such a place at such and such a time? I mean, there's a lot of ways to prove it, and it will be, it will be, it, it will be the decision of our law enforcement how they will go about enforcing it. I'm speechless. Me too. It's just almost too much to take. Yeah. yeah. Miscarriages are going to be um, excluded under the law. However, if it is determined by whoever wants to determine it, it may be a prosecutor or some uh, uh, detective or you know a police officer that decides that you actually ordered a medication in order to induce an uh, a miscarriage then it was not a true miscarriage it will have been an induced miscarriage which will be uh, involuntary manslaughter so like plan b yes and or any of the other drugs. There are certain um, inducing drugs that can be bought over the internet. So if there's wow. even a and trace you can that buy, you yeah, purchase you can buy them. Plan B in, yeah. at the Walgreens right sure. now. Sure. Mm -hmm. So maybe those will leave the shelves in Georgia, do you think? I mean, I think there's many implications. And I think that's what um, 
many attorneys will be fighting. There's so, it's an existing, what, what HB 481 did was it amended our existing abortion law. Our existing abortion law um, says an abortion after 20 weeks is illegal. Right. But it just went ahead and restricted that even more and then also went into certain provisions of it and, and carved out a couple of ex exceptions, incest or rape, if the um, if it will harm the mother. There are some exceptions. Um, but it really narrowed a lot of the law down in very specific sections. And so the lawyers will go section by section. Right. Um, I want to say that I feel very confident in the lawyers that are in war rooms right now all across Georgia working on this. Right. Um, there is going to be a lengthy, lengthy lawsuit um, filed over the summer. And then we will just watch how it works through the courts. But and, yeah. it's very likely Georgia could be the case that en ends up in the Supreme Court. Okay. And Mo, uh, we were, you know, we've come here to talk about women in entertainment. Yeah. So how does this, how does this law impact the entertainment community? Sure. Well, I mean, in your opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, first of all, morally, you know, it. Uh, it has an impact on what you do in your life, right? Where you decide to work. Yeah. Um, if you are a young woman or of childbearing age and, you know, you come to Georgia and, you know, something happens and you don't want to have that child, you know, w what are going to be your options? Right. Right. And you work here, you've established residency here, you live here, you know, what are going to be your options? So it's definitely something that women will begin to think about, and that will affect, of course, our labor pool, right? right. Mm -hmm. um, so right away, that's going to affect our labor pool. And so um, then companies will begin to, and you've already seen the panic start to happen, right? The companies yeah. that are, mm -hmm. you know, sort of walking the line, well, I'll stay until something in, in case, it, if it then if it happens, then I'll leave or, right. you know, mm -hmm. oh, no, I'm not. I'm not even going to start production there because if that happens, right. it's just too crazy. I mean, there's all sort of things. People really don't need, need to do anything right now is, is really – we all need to go like – well, that right? Netflix and Disney and others are not doing the. I wish they would, but they're not. They they're already talking about it. And you know, Kristen Wiig, we already we we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. She's pulled her production, or she she said we're not going to go to Georgia, and she was very public about it. We're yeah. not going to Georgia. That doesn't so. necessarily help the issue. No, I agree mm -hmm. with yeah. you. That doesn't necessarily help the issue. Anytime yeah. there's ever been something that um, you didn't like or that affected your life in a negative way, you had to advocate and work towards changing it. Exactly. Right? And so, you know, Congressman John Lewis would say that, you know, he, he wasn't going to leave the South, you know, right. because there was, you know, segregation. Right. He would just work to fight against it. Yep. So I think that there's so much um, that we've gained in Georgia through the entertainment industry, and it's just changed our entire environment. I mean, I live downtown. Billions. I've seen the entire downtown change, right? right. Yeah. Um, and I and so I think that we don't want that to go away, but we do want people to stand up and advocate for the things that aren't good for us, right. if that's what they feel. You know, I don't want to make it sound like everybody in the industry believes that HB 481 is bad. There are people who think it's fine. Yeah. Um, they're not as vocal. Um, as the people who are want to fight against it, but um, there are two sides to this factual situation we find ourselves in, you yeah. know? So yeah. um, I think that everybody has to find where they best fit into that, but advocacy is really the way. Yeah, and it's so interesting too when you talk about um, employment and people that are 
you know, currently being trained. We have the Savannah College of Art and Design. We have the Georgia Film Institute. You know, DeKalb County has 21 programs in audiovisual and broadcasting in their high schools because of the boom in the entertainment industry in the last 10 years. Sure. And um, what are these kids going to do if, you know, this happens? Um, they're well, it's leave. like, you know, you drop the pebble in the water. And then it goes yeah. and goes and goes and goes. It's going to touch a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I'll tell you how it just touches. You know, you, I can even think about just right in my own home. I have a, I have um, six children combined with my husband. And Hello, Brady yeah, Bunch. We're a blended family. <laughs> um, I didn't birth six children, but, you know, I'm taking care of them all. Gotcha. Um, so, uh, the and you seven, look so good. You look well-rested. Thank you. Thank I would Cam. never know it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, the 17-year-old, um, you know, Cam Newton opened up a restaurant, you know, here, and he's working in the valet. And um, the person who had the valet contract called me and said, you know, I really want to give the, this summer job to some high school and college students who have good driving records, you know, but that really could use the exposure to, you know, the people who are coming to the restaurants. I yeah. want them to wear their college shirts or the shirts that they want to go of the colleges they want to go to right. sort of as an opportunity for them to, you know, make relationships Network. while they're, you know, yeah. yeah, while they're like driving people's cars. And I thought to myself, Cam came to open this restaurant in Georgia because he believed there was an audience that would come to his restaurant because of everything that Georgia is now, right? Right. Right downtown, mm-hmm. right near Centennial Olympic Park. I mean, he's right in a prime location yeah. for visitors to come. Right. What if that goes away? Then eat, the people who can afford to open up businesses, who can have thriving businesses that then employ our teenagers and yep. our young students, they're going to go away and those opportunities will end. Right. So, you know, when my husband, when my son came home last night, he was like, oh, I made $85 in tips. You know, Hello. You know how elated he I need he to was? get a job there. I'm a good driver. <laughs> I'm a good driver, I mean, said Rain that, Man. <laughs> that, it just, um, there's, he is an example of so many kids that are having opportunities that they would have never had before if we didn't have this budding industry right that sp- that spins off into so many other industries exactly well mm, fascinating you know what, mo it's been so amazing having you here uh on our podcast girls on film girls on film is fantastic and we are gonna come and visit you at georgia state oh please absolutely i yeah. am totally open okay my invite to you guys please come we will and we, we will love do to our come. whole Thank entire um, talk on podcasts and absolutely. Hello. you know what they mean and yep. protecting mm-hmm. your podcasting rights and then we'll just do it live from the classroom Ooh. sounds great I, I love can't it. wait. Love I it. Can't wait. You want to bring us out, my dear? You bet. We are girls on film and we are out. <laughs> <laughs>